0: All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved, and fellow laborer, and unto our beloved Aphia, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ... I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Father, we pray now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would touch us these next few moments, speak to to hearts, and may the will of God be done and we'll thank you for it in Jesus name we do pray Amen and Amen. I want to preach a few moments on this subject on the kind of member every church needs. The kind of member that every church needs. Now when you come to the book of Philemon we know that uh, this is a letter written by Paul to uh, his dearly beloved uh, brother Philemon concerning Onesimus a runaway slave and certainly uh, it is something that we. this is the subject of this Uh, letter and certainly we will deal with that subject at another sermon at another time but I want to take a few moments uh, here in this message and I want to focus not necessarily on Paul not necessarily uh, on this runaway slave but I want us to think about Philemon I want us to think about uh, the kind of member every church needs that's the kind of man that we find here in this text and when we come uh, to this opening verse here we find that this small epistle opens rather interestingly in verse number one it lays the groundwork for both the relationship and the conversation that Paul had with Philemon, and I want you to notice the first being Paul here. He said, "Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother." Now, when you think about Paul here in this uh, opening phrase, Paul highlights two things. First of all, he highlights Paul his and his title, as he says, "a prisoner of Jesus Christ." Now, that's interesting because that Paul never did see himself as a prisoner of Rome. In this passage of Scripture, we know that according to Acts chapter number 28 that Paul was a prisoner of Rome uh, in his own hired house. And he was there for uh, two years. And as Paul is there, he he writes the book of uh, uh, of Philippians. He writes the book of Ephesians and Colossians. And he writes this letter here uh, concerning Philemon. And as he writes this letter, uh, Paul does not see himself as a prisoner of Rome, but he sees himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He had a right perspective on life. He didn't let the circumstances of life control him... But he knew and he kept his focus on the on the servant that he was and the will of God in his life. So we see Paul in his title. And then we see Paul and Timothy. As he says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother. So he mentions Timothy here. Now, uh, we know that Timothy was his son in the faith. And Timothy was the young preacher in the life of the apostle Paul. He was responsible for bringing Timothy to Christ. He was responsible for bringing Titus to Christ. And these two young men were in. Instrumental in the ministry, in the life of the Apostle Paul. And so Paul mentions Timothy not just as a son in the faith, as he often would call him, but he mentions him as his brother here. I think there's a message for young preachers, and that is this, that every young preacher ought to be a Timothy to their older preacher. Uh, listen, doesn't matter who you are, but you ought to stand behind your man of God, stand with your man of God, and support him. Timothy is mentioned, Paul uh, mentions him, in six different epistles, and uh, he mentioned him for a reason, because he was loyal, he was faithful, uh, he was willing to be second, he was willing to get under the authority of the man of God. I think a lot of young preachers today struggle with that. They want to be the man, they want to be in the forefront, but the problem is they're just not ready. And until you learn how to serve, and I don't mean just for a month or two or, uh, or three or a year, but until you learn how to get under the man of God and be a servant to him, you're not you're not willing and you're not ready to lead, should I say. And so, Paul and his title, and then Paul and Timothy. And the second one we see here is not Paul, but we see Philemon. He said unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. So, he mentions Philemon here, and he mentions his title. The, the title of Paul is that he's a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Uh, the title of Philemon here is that he is a dearly beloved. Amen. I think that's important to remember because a lot of times. Uh, well, that's not able to be said about every brother that we know uh, we want it to be said about ev- every brother but every brother is not a dearly beloved now they should be but some have fallen out of the way some have turned aside some have went against the uh, the man of God and, and certainly Paul experienced every bit of that but Philemon was not that that man he was a man that was precious to the heart uh, of the apostle Paul and I think that, that the brethren ought to be uh, the men of the the church. They ought to be dear to the preacher. They ought to be close to the man of God. You say, well, how, how do you do that? By being loyal, by loving the man of God, by standing with the man of God. And I'm not talking about putting him on a pedestal. I'm not talking about making a God out of him. They ought to be some loyalty to the pastor, some loyalty to the preacher, some loyalty to the man that God has placed in your life. And so we see Philemon and his title. We see Philemon and his testimony. Look what Paul says about him. He calls him a dearly beloved, but then he calls him a fellow laborer. Amen? In other words, when Paul thought about Philemon, he knew that he was a man that was busy in the work of God. He was a man that was supportive. He, he supported the work of God both uh, financially and both with his labor. And I think every man in the church ought to do the same. He ought to be known. His testimony is that he's a fellow laborer. In other words, he gets involved in the church, he gets involved in the work of God. Uh, he, he's not somebody that just comes and sits on a pew, but, but he puts his hand to, uh, to the work of God and, and he's instrumental in what's taking place inside the church. And, and certainly that's the testimony of Philemon. He He opens the doors of his home and he allows these saints to come in and he makes it a sanctuary where they can worship. And he was very active in uh, the work of God. And that should be the testimony of every one of us is that we ought to be known as a dearly beloved and as a fellow laborer. Amen. And so we see here that Paul uh, uh, talks about Philemon. So we see Paul uh, as the first, we see Philemon as the second. But I want us to mention this man and look at him for a few moments because here Paul is going going to tell us in these early verses as he begins to talk to him he's going to reveal the character and the conduct of Philemon and he's going to tell us what kind of a man Philemon really is. I want you to notice first of all in verse number 2 that Philemon was a family man. Amen? He was a family man. He says in verse number 2 and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus our fellow soldier and to the church in thy house. Philemon was a family man. He was a man that That loved his home and he was a man that led his home. He was a Christian and and he had a good wife and he had a good son. And here in this text they're revealed uh, as his family. You know I think every man ought to be a family man. You ought to love your wife. You ought to love your children. You ought ought to support them and you ought to lead them and you ought to encourage them. And and your family looks to you. Your family needs you. And may I say your family needs you to be more than than just a breadwinner. More than just, uh, just building a good home or bringing home the the, the finances but your family needs to you need to nurture your family love your family and and, and encourage them I would say to every husband that your wife needs words of encouragement she needs you to say some kind words to to strengthen her and to build security in her life you say well I'm just not good with words well you better learn to be because if you're not I promise you the devil will send somebody their way somebody that will speak kind words to them you say well my wife Life would never leave me. You don't know what the devil may send their way. And so you need to be loving and caring and and, and encouraged. You need to have good words for your children and and give the word of God and and be a family man and love your family. Amen. I notice here that he had a godly spouse. As the Bible says, And to our beloved Aphia... Now some would think that she would be his sister because the word beloved can be translated as as sister. But uh, just as Paul in verse number 1 mentions Timothy as a brother, we know that Timothy was not literally a brother, but he was a brother in the faith. And as he's talking about Aphia here, he's talking about her being a beloved Aphia. In other words, she's a sister uh, in the faith to, to the apostle Paul, but uh, but she was the wife of, of Philemon here. And so uh, no doubt she was a devoted woman, amen and thank God for women who are godly, this is a woman that is supporting uh, Philemon as he is supporting the work of God she is standing with him she's not standing against him and I would say that is a blessing and thank God for women who will be godly who will be faithful, who will support their husband and I'll tell you the reason she was a good woman is no doubt because Philemon was a good man he was a godly man, she was a godly woman and so we're talking about him being a family man. We see here that that he had a godly spouse, a, a beloved Ephia. You know, you ought to think about your wife for a moment. And if your wife's a godly woman, you ought to get on your knees every day and thank God for that. You ought to to, to tell her that you appreciate her. You ought to tell her that you you love her. You ought to encourage her as she encourages you. Don't take that for granted because God could take that away from you. And so I think about here that he had a godly spouse and then he had a godly son. Notice that he said here in verse number 1, Archippus, our fellow soldier. This talks about the discipline of Archippus. Now, no doubt that... Archippus was very instrumental. He was no doubt a minister of the church at Colossus. He no doubt stood uh, uh, in the place of uh, of, uh, of Epaphras as he was going to be with Paul. And we know that uh, that he was working there. Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 17. Paul addresses Archippus uh, in that letter there and he encourages him uh, to fulfill the ministry and that word fulfill, it simply means there to, to fill it full, to make full proof of that ministry. And so what What I'm saying is is that Philemon was a family man, a godly man with a godly wife who has raised a godly son. He's a fellow soldier. This fellow laborer, Philemon, had developed a fellow soldier. He was a man that was, was on the forefront helping the work of God, the Apostle Paul, his father was involved in the work of God and uh, here he he is involved in the ministry. You know, there's something to be said about a dad. If he'll be involved in the ministry, his children will be involved in the ministry. You know, a lot of times I'm I'm burdened by that as a pastor. I see dads who will not step up to the plate spiritually. They may be good providers and they may work hard, but but they they lack spiritually. They you can tell they're slack in their church attendance. They're slack in their in their spirit. And when you talk to them, there's a lot of carnality and they don't have much spirituality. Or if they begin to talk spiritual, oftentimes they don't quote the Bible. They they don't talk about things in the Word of God. They'll, they'll talk about different philosophies and 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 things of men. And and the problem with that is if they're they're not a fellow laborer in the work of God. If they're not a help to the pastor, then their children will never be a fellow soldier. I see here that Philemon was he was that fellow laborer. He developed a, a godly spouse. He had a godly spouse. He had a godly son. Philemon was a family man. And then I want you to see that not only did he have a godly spouse and a godly son, but I notice here he had a godly sanctuary. Notice what he said in verse number two. He said, "Unto the church in thy house." You know, I preached a message recently to our church from this verse here on bringing the church home. And uh, that's what Philemon, Philemon did. He literally brought the church to his house. Now, I'm not saying load everyone up and take them to your house, but what I'm saying is is he literally had a godly sanctuary. They met in this house as they did in the book of Acts from house to house in those days. But uh, listen, you and I, our san- our house ought to be a sanctuary. And we ought to bring the church home. We ought to, uh, our house ought to be a place where people worship. Our children ought to know how to worship God at home. In other words, uh, listen, and they ought to not have a separate life at home from church, but when they go home, it ought to be as real at home as it is uh, down at the church house. I, I think that is destroyed. A lot of our young people today is because they've seen mom and dad live one way at the church and then another way at home. But you know what? They ought to be Bible reading in the home. There ought to be prayer in the home. There ought to be singing in the home. There ought to be thanksgiving in the home. All these things that we do at church, we ought to be doing them at the home. We ought to be testifying in the home, sitting around the table at night or or in the the coffee table uh, before you go to bed. There ought to be some testifying about the goodness and the grace of God. Your children ought to hear you talk about God. uh, Listen, not just when you come to church, but they ought to hear you talk about God at home. And so he was a family man. That's what kind of man Philemon was. Secondly, not only was he a family man, but I want you to notice in verse number 3 down to verse number 5, he was a faithful man. The Bible says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. So Philemon was a family man. We see that in verse number 2, but he was also a faithful man. What I mean by that is that he was a man that was full of faith. And he's talking to a man, uh, listen, that is full of faith. And I want you to notice uh, that you say, well, preacher, how do you know he's a man full of faith? Uh, You know this in this text here because uh, by the way that Paul uh, talked to him. Look what he said in verse number 3. He said, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul used spiritual words to talk to a spiritual man. You know, there's some people you can try to talk to them spiritual and they may be saved, but they're so carnal that it's hard to have a spiritual conversation with them. And it doesn't mean that, that that I think that I'm super spiritual, but what it means is is that it's hard to pull them in because uh, when you talk to them about the things of God, they automatically just want to think on a carnal level. If you and I don't stay in the Word of God, if we don't keep our minds in the right frame, that's how we'll think. We'll think carnal. You say, Brother Gravely, do you ever battle carnality? I, I battle carnality. Every man battles carnality. But I don't want carnality to, to be superior in my life. I don't want it to rule me. I, I want to walk with God. And I'm... I'm sure you want to walk with God. And here he's having a spiritual conversation in verse 3 with a spiritual man. He uses the word grace and he uses the word peace. And I think that's important because what he's about to ask of Philemon is going to require both grace and peace. And he talks about the grace of God, the peace of God. And then both of our our Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he mentions uh, the Heavenly Father. He mentions the Savior here. This is a man that is full of faith. And you can tell that by the way that Paul talked to him. You can tell it by the way that Paul thanked him. Look what he said in verse number 4. I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers. Now when Paul uh, thanks him here, he thanks God. Uh, he said, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers. He said, well, preacher, he's not thanking Philemon. He's thanking God. Well, he's thanking God for Philemon. And he, the way that he thanked him was not that he thanked Philemon personally for who he was, but for who God was through him. He said, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers. Paul was communicating with God about Philemon. Now, if somebody is going to uh, to give an accolade to you or me, uh, who better to give that to about us than to God? And that's what Paul was doing. Paul was being thankful to God for Philemon. Here, he is praising him. He says to him, "He said what he how he thanks him was powerful." He said, "I thank my God." Uh, he was thanking God for him. It was personal. He said, "I thank my God." Uh, in verse number four, making mention of thee, and then it was prayer always in my prayers. You know, if there's anything that anyone can do for me and you, it would be to pray for us. I think if there's anything we need more than anything else, we need the prayers of God's people. I remember a preacher making the statement years ago and he stuck with me. I've used it many times that you're no greater than the people who pray for you. And boy, I'm telling you to have Paul praying for you, to have Paul communicating with God and thanking God, that you've been a blessing in his life? You said. well, Paul's not here today. No, but there's a lot of Apostle Pauls. I'm not meaning apostles, but I mean there's a lot of great men of God like the Apostle Paul that you could be a blessing to. That's what Philemon had been. He'd been a blessing to this preacher. He'd been encouragement to this preacher. And you can tell that he's a faithful man by the way that Paul talked to him, by the way that Paul thanked him here in this text, and then by the way that Paul testified of him in verse number 5. Look what he said, Hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. Well, that's a great verse because Paul said, I've heard of your love and I've heard of your faith, Philemon. And he said, it's, it's toward the Lord Jesus Christ and toward all the saints. Now, no doubt Paul is laying the groundwork when he talks about all saints because Onesimus is now a convert. He's now a saint of God. But Paul is saying, this is your testimony, Philemon that you're a man full of love. You're a man full of faith. And you're a man not just toward the people of God, but your, your love for the Lord Jesus and your faith in the Lord Jesus, it stands out. It shows. People can see that. And then it's toward all the saints. And I'm going to tell you, people that love the Savior, people that love Jesus Christ, they'll love the people of God. And people that don't love Jesus, they're not going to love the people of God. You wonder why some people in our churches can never get along with people. Why they're always having problems. Why they got to go from church to church to church. Or maybe they stay in one church and all they ever do is reap havoc in that church. And we'll tell you, it's a spiritual problem. It's not all them people has caused them problems. All them other people's not wrong. The problem is they've never been saved or they're not right with God. They're not spiritual. But a spiritual man will love the Lord Jesus first and then he'll love the saints. Amen. And I see here that Paul talks about this member of this church. Every church needs this kind of member. They need need this kind of man in their church. Why? Because he's a family man. Because he's a faithful man. Then finally, I want you to notice, because he's a fruitful man. Look what he said in verse number 6 here. We notice that Philemon was fruitful. He was fruitful in his communication. He said that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You see, Philemon was a family man, a faithful man. But he's a fruitful man. And he's from. He's fruitful in his communications, and when you think about uh, that, that that the, that the communication of thy faith, uh, the meaning of that clause of this verse is this: is that Paul is praying that those uh, that those helped by Philemon might acknowledge my, uh, Philemon's good deeds as done for Christ Jesus, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Here is a man that is fruitful in his communication. Uh, that word communication just means fellowship. He had reached out. He had been a spiritual and a financial blessing to the preacher and to the church and to those that he had come in contact with. He was uh, he was fruitful in his in his communication, and then he was fruitful. I want you to notice in verse number seven in his compassion. He said, "For we have great joy and consolation in thy love." I mean, here is a man that. He's a man of compassion. You know, when you think about the fruit of the Spirit, the Bible said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such. There is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified themselves with affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let's also walk in the Spirit. That's what the Bible says. But when you think about that, the first fruit of that Spirit is love. Philemon was known by his love. I, I wonder how many saints are known by their love. I wonder how many preachers... You know, a lot of preachers want to be known for how tough they are, for how straight they are. And I think we ought to be straight. And I'll tell you, if you're going to serve God, you've got to be tough. But a lot of men want to be known for those things. But I wonder how many people want to be known for their love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And here's a man that he is fruitful in his communications. He's fruitful in his compassion. Then he's fruitful in his comfort. Look what Paul says in verse 7. He said, because. He said, we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. In other words, here's a man that had been a comfort to the church. He'd opened his home. He had a godly family. He'd been a help to the preacher, the apostle Paul. He was a dearly beloved. He was a fellow laborer. He had raised a fellow soldier. I'm talking, this is the kind of man every church needs. You say, well, preacher, what... What are you saying? I'm simply saying to every man that's listening, that's the kind of member you need to be. You need to be a blessing to your pastor. You need to hold his hands up. You need to pray for him. You need to you need to be spiritual. Don't be carnal. You need to be someone that you're a family man. And by a family man, I don't mean just taking them to the park and throwing a ball. And you ought to do those things. You ought to. I'm not talking about just taking them down there and having a cookout and saying, well, I'm, I'm a family man and I'm spending time with my family. There's a lot of men like that. But I'm telling you, the family man in this text here is a man that's leading his family spiritually. He's taking them in the right direction. He's a family man because he's a faithful man. He's a man that's full of faith. He's a fruitful man. You could look at Philemon's household and tell that his godly life had influenced those that lived within the walls. I want to say something to you, Dad. Does your godly life influence your spouse? Does it influence your children? What kind of a a reputation or what kind of a testimony do you have inside the walls of your home? Are you living a godly life? I'm going to tell you, church needs you. It's the kind of church every man needs. I, I think a sad commentary we see often in churches is when you go in for a revival meeting, maybe on a Monday night or Tuesday night, and you look around and you see a whole lot of women and you don't see a lot of men in that church. You know, that's a that's a tragedy. And I understand some men might still be working, but, but I'll tell you, I think a lot of times they're off doing other things when they could be there, they could be faithful, they could be. I'll tell you, Dad, your family needs you sitting on that pew. They need you sitting there. They need you being, being there. They need you to be someone that they can depend upon that, that will be there. That You say, well, I have to work and I understand, but you ought to pray as you work and ask God to open up a job that allows you to, to be... The greatest memories I have with my children is sitting on a church pew with them, going to the house of God, praying in an altar, worshiping with them, I'm talking about a family man a faithful man. He, his children knows that he walks with God, and that's what ought to be known about you. I, I pray that, uh, that you will search your heart. And so I, I want to be, the, I wanna be the, the, the member. I want to be the man. You may not be a man, but you can still be a faithful woman. You can still be a fruitful woman. You can still be a woman that is a, a family woman that loves her husband, loves her children. Your church needs you. We, we need some people that will be just like Philemon. What a character. What a conduct. What a testimony he had. Father, I pray now that you'll take this message, use it and speak to hearts. I pray the will of God be done. I ask you, Lord, if you would, to have your will in your way for that one that may be listening. Lord, help our homes, how we need our homes to be helped in these last days. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.